Today on Hitting Hard with John Chuck, we will look back to Hawks' loss last night to the Miami Heat, now down 0-2 in the first round of the Eastern Conference playoffs. And guess what? The Braves and Truist, they are back at it again. More tax breaks, more tax breaks, more tax breaks. We'll explain all of that. It is Hitting Hard with you here on this Wednesday morning on Locked on Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now. Great to be with you on this Wednesday morning. It is John Chuckery. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, and I want to thank you so much for listening into the show. I want you to go to our YouTube page. You can uh, go to YouTube, put in a little browser bar there, Locked On Sports Atlanta. Hit the subscribe button. Give us a review. Tell us what you think about the show. And, of course, you can always follow me on my Twitter page. It is at JMCH316. Well, unfortunately, it was rough going for the uh, Atlanta Hawks uh, last night. You know, certainly played much better. And you know, I thought somebody that uh, I had on my uh, radio show said it best that it was a scheduled loss on Sunday because certainly all of the factors going into the Hawks playing multiple games Wednesday, Friday, then having to travel late and get down to Miami and you're playing early on Sunday. It just was a bad situation. But last night, of course, the Hawks lose 115-105 to the Miami Heat, now down 0-2. Now, several things about this matchup from last night. Um, You know, the Hawks did play much better but they still got some performances that just left you kind of scratching your head. I thought the two biggest storylines of the game last night were, number one, the amount of turnovers that the Atlanta Hawks had. And that was led by Trey Young. I mean, unfortunately, if you if you look at Trey Young's line in the game, just take the surface numbers. 25 points, 7 assists, 6 rebounds, 10 of 20 from the floor. You say, well, that's pretty good. That's a good night at the office. But Trey had 10 turnovers in the game and was two for 10 from three-point range and only got to the free throw line four times. So <clears throat> I thought that his play last night hurt the Hawks at times, especially in that third quarter when the Hawks came out of the halftime and into the third, and they had this thing close. They were only down a couple at the half. You know, it was a turnover by Trey. It leads to a dunk. Then another errant turnover. That leads to a three. And they just could never get a rhythm in that third quarter. And they lost that quarter by nine uh, points and actually won the uh, fourth quarter by one, 29 to 28. But it was a much better start for the Atlanta Hawks. We talked about that on the show. Just they needed to get off to a better start. Uh, it was only 17 points the other day in the um, uh, in the loss to Miami, it was 25 yesterday in that. They were within one uh, at the start of that game. But I thought Trey's turnovers and the turnovers in general really hurt this team. And the second part that I thought really hurt this team was Trey Young's shot selection. Perfect example of that was when the score was 104-101 and the Hawks had an inbound. They had, they had taken up a shot or something, knocked out of bounds. And they had the ball back and they inbound it and Trey kind of comes behind. I can't remember if it was Bogey or John Collins, but he comes behind and he takes an errant sort of three, misses it, and they just never kind of got that close again. And then 
Trey had another stretch where he comes down the court, not really set on offense, pulls up from about five feet from above the three-point line and shoots an Aaron three. I thought his shot selection just was not that good. I I thought it hurt the team. Now, it also didn't help that Gallinari, excuse me, was 0 for 6 from the floor. He was 0 for 4 from three-point land. You know, the Hawks can't afford to have one of their regular guys that end up over on the floor. I don't care if it's, I don't care what guy it is, Herter, Gallinari, what have you. know, Herter didn't shoot all that well, but at least he was three for seven from three-point land. And he did contribute nine points and six assists in the game. So he was in the flow of the offense. Gallinari had two points, six boards and an assist last night in, in an over from the field. And after he's been playing so well for the Hawks and been, one of their better scores, but I thought the turnovers and Trey shot selection did them in last night. And even with Jimmy Butler going off, Jimmy Butler went for 45, 15 of 25 from the field, four for seven from three. Even with all of that, the Hawks were in that game. That was a very winnable game for the Atlanta Hawks. But every time it felt like they were about to get going and they were about to get close, they had a turnover. It leads to another basket. And it just was frustrating because you could just, feel like, okay, we were this close to getting something going and it's a turnover and now they come down and and hit a three. And give Miami credit, they took advantage of those turnovers. You know, somebody had texted me last night about if there was a stat about points off of turnovers, Trey Young may lead the league in that. I don't know if that's true, but it is interesting. When we talk about football in the NFL, you know, we look at points off of turnovers right? How many points did you give up off of turnovers? Last night, it felt like the Hawks gave up, I don't know, a a crap ton of points uh, in that game. And they ended up in that game with 19 total turnovers uh, in the game. Felt like that they gave up about 50 points off those turnovers. I don't know what the actual stat is, but you understand what I'm saying uh, with all of this. So look, Hawks have to regroup. Now now we're in must-win mode, for the Atlanta Hawks, you don't have a choice now. You you have to win both games at home. I said I did not think that last night was a must-win game, but what's frustrating is, is that that was a game that you felt like last night you had a chance to win. You came out and played well in the first quarter. You were only down two at the half. You actually won the fourth quarter. It's just that third quarter where the turnovers started to mount up and some of the bad shot selection really kind of hurt this club and you felt like you had a chance to win it. Well, you didn't. Now you got to come home on Friday. I expect a raucous crowd. I think it's going to be a big environment. I'm going to be down there. I'm actually broadcasting um, uh, from there before the game, and I plan on staying for the game, so it should be a lot of a fun environment to down there for it. But now it's must win. Now now there is no, you know, to, to quote Apollo Creed, there is no tomorrow. Now you can't afford to lose <coughs> either of these two games at home. You have to go 2-0 and in this set. Can the Hawks do that? Of course, of course that they can. They they can absolutely find their way into you know two wins uh, over these next few days. They'll play Friday night, then they'll play Sunday, and then they'll be back in Miami on Tuesday. But uh, there's no reason why the Hawks can't find a way to win two games. They're still one of the better teams in the Eastern Conference at home, and I know Miami was pretty good on the road. But you know last night should have given you a little bit of hope. It's just more frustrating that this team was not able to find a way to pull out a victory last night in a game that was very much winnable. And the guy last night who really just kind of took control of the offense, and it's a shame because 
he ended up only playing 28 minutes because of foul trouble was Bogdanovich. And Bogey was 12 of 18 from the floor, 5 of 10 from three, ended up with 29 points, four boards, and three assists, but only 28 minutes. And that's because he got in foul trouble early. And that was another thing about the game last night. And Trey Young even commented about this after the game. The officiating was horrendous. Now, you can call me a homer. You can call me, you know, rose-colored glasses and all that kind of stuff. But the officiating, I thought, last night was dreadful. Um, you had Kyle Lowry, who's just running into people, flopping all around. I don't know if he's trying for an Emmy. I don't know what he's trying for, a you know, some kind of SAG award. But he's just fumbling and bumbling and running into people. And then he got a couple of calls on some of his drives that just left you scratching your head. Trey Young had a call where he got called on an offensive foul, and then he picked up a technical because he told the ref his calls were effing garbage or effing trash. Well, you know what? I'm with Trey. They were effing trash. So tough night for the Hawks. They got to regroup quickly here. We get ready for Friday night. When we come back, we'll talk some more about this game because we did get some news yesterday from the general manager about a guy who is on the shelf these first couple of games. And we'll talk a little bit about John Collins and what his return has meant as well. It is John Chuckry. It's hitting hard on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Back with you on Hitting Hard with John Chuckery on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Don't forget, I want you to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Rate us, review us, tell us what you think about the show there. And, of course, follow me on my Twitter page. It is at JMCH316. We continue to look at the Hawks' loss last night to the Miami Heat, Game 2 of the Eastern Conference playoffs. Hawks come back home on Friday, must-win mode, in front of what should be a raucous crowd at State Farm Arena. Now, we got word yesterday on 92.9 The Game from the general manager of the Atlanta Hawks, Travis Schlink, who was talking about Clint Capello. Of course, Clint missed the first two games of this series after hyperextending his knee coming up uh, on uh, on the, in uh, last Friday against the, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Excuse me. But um, we got word yesterday that he will be reevaluated on Friday, which thought that was good news until I kind of started listening to the entirety of the clip. So. It does feel like Clint is going through exercises and drills just as far as getting his strength back in the leg. But the thing that kind of concerned me, and I say concern, but just more of the reality of him trying to play on Friday is that there's still swelling in the knee. Now, you know, a little bit of a bone bruise and, and muscle ache and stuff like that. With all due respect, you can take the needle and you can shoot that up and you can figure all of that out. But the swelling on the knee, that's the thing that you can't just work your way through. You've got to let that come down. You've got to let that fluid get itself out. And so I'm not hopeful that he plays on Friday. I, I just think that if you still got swelling in your knee, that you're not going to run him out there and, and let him go and bang around and, and do what he needs to do. Now, what will be interesting is how this plays out, depending on what the Hawks do. Let's say the Hawks win on Friday night, and they show that they can win without Clint Capella and they can get it done and, and take care of business. I, I think you probably hold Capella back potentially on Sunday as well. I, I think that he gets held back, and then the ideal plan would be Tuesday in Miami to bring him back full strength, full health, <coughs> excuse me, and ready to go for all of it. Now, if you lose on Friday, does that push you into rolling the dice on Clint for Sunday in what is make or break for the series, right? If you're down 3-0, do you risk or run the idea of Clint 
running out there, you know, and, and getting him out there because you feel like you need him, you sort of get desperate, or do you still stick to the plan of ideally, you know, you play him in Miami on Tuesday? Now, all of this could go away very quickly if we find out that come Friday that the swelling is under control. Remember, we're not, we're, we're not, we got a travel day out of the way. So we're, we're going to, you're going to have some time where you're not going to spend a whole lot of time on an airplane. It's just going from Miami to Atlanta. So <clears throat> you're not spending a whole lot of time on an airplane. You're going to be in rehab and, and you're going to be going through exercise and all that kind of stuff. So they'll obviously be able to work on him pretty quickly. So maybe, <clears throat> excuse me, the update that we get for Friday is that the swelling has gone down and he can go and he can play and he'll be ready to go for, for game time. That would be the ideal situation. But if, if he can't go, I wonder if even they'll push him back out there on Sunday or not. Must win or not must win. I mean, you don't want to panic, but at the same time, you know, you obviously want him back. I, I thought one of the other things the Hawks did well last night, we talked about this, have to rebound the ball well. Miami did come back down to earth a little bit in shooting the basketball, especially Duncan Robinson, who after going nine for 10 from the field and eight for nine from three, <clears throat> he played seven total minutes last night and didn't take a shot. Didn't take a shot. He was eight for nine from three on Sunday and didn't even take a shot. Um, <clears throat> crazy, right? I mean, but that's that's what happened. So he um, he was no factor in the game. And so um, their shooting came a little bit back down to earth. But I thought the Hawks did a good job of rebounding the basketball and taking care of that part uh, of the game. Now, the other part, too, is last night that John Collins found his way back into the starting lineup. He played 29 minutes, 6 of 11 from the field, 0 for 1 from 3, uh, had 13 points and 10 boards uh, in the game. Thought his rebounding really helped out. Um, I thought that was a big difference in the game, just from the standpoint of giving the Hawks the advantage of winning the rebounding battle. I thought he was a key component in that. Obviously, if you can get Capella and John Collins on the floor at the same time, you really sort of neutralize some of their inside game. And Bam Adebayo, you know, has been a non-factor uh, in this game. He's not hurt you at all. P.J. Tucker has been a non-factor in this game uh, as well. In fact, yesterday, 24 minutes, one for three from the field. <clears throat> he only had three points to go along with six boards. So they haven't really hurt you as far as their interior post players. So if you have that rim protection, you keep forcing them outside, you know, obviously you've got to be able to rebound the basketball well, and that's the thing that Capella is as good as anybody in the league uh, at doing. But I thought John Collins back in the starting lineup was interesting. I thought the fact that he played 29 minutes was interesting. It does make you feel like, okay, can this thing get itself up, let's say, come Friday night? Is he 34, 35 minutes uh, in the game? Is he able to play a little bit longer extended period of time? Because at some point, you know, you, you've got to – John Collins has to be a part of what your solution is, right? Like at some point, he has to be – I don't have to be the number two player right now. One night it could be Gallinari. One night it's Bogey, you know, what have you. But he does have to be part of what the solution is. I have to be able to count on John as he's getting back into health and he's getting back up to speed and getting his sea legs in him. I have to be able to count on him to be a part of what the Hawks do <coughs> and what their offensive sets and things like that are. And certainly if you have Capella and Collins, you definitely go in and try to take advantage of that and hopefully and i say hopefully because you just never know in these situations but hopefully the officiating starts to level itself off right 
hopefully when you get back home, you get some of your home cooking and you can get some of their guys in, in foul trouble as well. Now, because that was certainly a story last night. Um, when you look at look at the foul situation for the Atlanta Hawks, you know, Hunter had some in and up because he had five fouls. Bogey certainly was affected by having fouls because he had three in the first and got a fourth one, you know, not too early in the fourth, the third quarter, excuse me. And he ended up with five fouls uh, in the game last night. Herter ended up with five fouls in the game last night. So it took some of those guys a little bit out of their rhythm and flow just because they started to accumulate some fouls. Let's hope that situation turns itself around. Let's hope that the officiating on Friday isn't Trey Young going over to a ref and saying that your effing calls are trash, uh, which I love, by the way. I mean, I'm, I'm again, I know he got a technical, and I know you can't say that, but I want my star player going over and saying that. And he said after the game, he said, look, if they're going let to let them be physical and bang us around and not make any calls, he said it's going to be hard to try to you know come up with. Now, look, you got to play through all that stuff. I mean, you, you, you can't. You can't let the officials dictate how you play the game and things like that. And again, even with the bad officiating, the Hawks were right in there and they were right there to win that thing last night. It was the turnovers that killed them, but certainly the officiating didn't help. But when we look at Capella and we see if he's going to come back, we look at John Collins and see if his minutes continue to rise up. There are some good signs for the Atlanta Hawks. It was a much better performance, much better game. There are things that are trending in the right direction. The problem is now... You can't trend anymore. Everything has to come together, right? Like there's no more, well, we can afford to win this game or not win this game or we could lose this game. Okay, now you have to start winning. Now, now at the end of the day, it can't be the process and we're getting guys back and things figured out or this and other. Now it has to be about closing this thing out and getting a win. And I do think that when you look at this game on Friday, I think both teams, remember the fight? of um, Marvin Hagler and um, um, uh, Tommy Hitman Hearns. Remember that was one of the great fights of all time because they came out throwing haymakers at one another. I think that's what you're going to see on Friday. I think the Heat want to try to close this thing out and try to wrap it up. If they can knock the Hawks out early in game three and take the crowd out of it, big advantage. On the flip side, I think the Hawks are going to throw haymakers to try to knock Miami down and out for that game and make them feel like they have to regroup for Sunday. So I expect some big haymakers to be thrown early in that game. We'll see what happens. But Hawks and Miami Heat, 6.30 uh, pregame um, on, on radio and then 7 o'clock on the coverage out there. All right, when we get back, the Braves and Truist are at it again because they need more of your money. We'll talk about that next. Chuckery hanging out on Hitting Hard with John Chuckery on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Back with you on Hitting Hard with John Chuckery on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Don't forget, go to our YouTube page. Just search in the bar, Locked On Sports Atlanta. Subscribe to the show. Be a part of our community. Rate us, review us, leave us a, a comment, if you will. And also, too, check me out on my Twitter page. It's at JMCH316. Don't you love the Braves and Truist? Don't you love them? Not, not the baseball on the field. We get to watch them, and they won the World Series, right? It's the business of the Braves and Truist and Liberty Media and all of these kinds of things, right? Now, after a banner year and sucking up as much absolute revenue as possibly could happen, we got a report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution earlier today that said that the Atlanta Braves development arm is looking to build an office tower over by the battery. A And what it would be is 
it is uh, a truest financial center, okay, that they had agreed to long ago, that basically what this will be is, in reading through the article, is that they are going to, Truist is going to relocate its security division headquarters from Buckhead, and it's going to move it over to what would be literally 300 feet from home plate, is what the statement said. Got it? You with me? Of course, what do we get, okay? They want Cobb County and the taxpayers to help itself out. In a presentation to the Development Authority of Cobb County on Tuesday, representatives for the Braves and Truists said they would like to seek a 10-year property tax break to help finance the cost of this 200 million, 250,000 square foot office tower that will overlook Truist Park. And it had those on the Cobb County board um, scratching their heads as one uh, Karen Hallisey, one board member said, quote, one of the things that I recall when the battery in the park were built was the promise that the Braves would not come back and ask for additional abatements beyond what was already being provided to the ballpark. How does that fit into this coming in and the Braves basically asking for tax abatements on the property? What were the Braves and officials? What was their response? Mike Plant, the president of the Braves development arm said, quote, oh, no, 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 no. We're not asking for the tax breaks. No, 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 no. Truist is asking for the tax breaks. They want all of the tax breaks. Oh, okay. So um, the Braves own all of the land that's around the battery and everything, right? What they're saying is that the Braves will lease this land <clears throat> to Truist during this arrangement, and they can build their building and and this, that, uh, and the other. Um, what's funny about this whole thing, by the way, is the Braves are now also trying to throw out um, the idea that, uh, and this is from a guy by the name of Clark Hungerford, who says that, well, the office would technically be outside of the 2 million square foot mixed use development that is known as the battery. Quote, the commitment, if I'm not mistaken, was for the battery. And this piece of property that we're talking about, even though it's close, it's not the same piece of property. Now, that goes into direct opposition as to an April 6th news release about the project from the Braves that said that, quote, Truist and the Braves Development Company announced new national headquarters for Truist Securities inside the Battery Atlanta. These people can't get out of their own way and want every friggin' tax break imaginable. This whole thing sounds like, do you remember the behind the music that they used to have on VH1? They had a behind the music <coughs> that featured Vanilla Ice, okay? And it showed a clip from an interview from Vanilla Ice where they asked him on his, on his hit Ice Ice Baby, had he sampled under pressure 
which was a song by Queen and David Bowie. Okay, you with me? He said in the interview, he goes, yeah, no, no, no. Our song sounds nothing like what their song sounds like. See, their song goes ding, digga, ding, 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 digga, ding, 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 ding. Our song goes ding, digga, ding, 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 digga, ding, 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 ding. See, it's totally different, he said. See how it's completely different? It's not the same. It's not the same at all. This is the Braves. Well, you know, we're not really in the battery that our press release says we're in the battery. Well, we're not really asking for tax breaks. No, no, that's it's truest that one. It's those guys. Those guys want the want the tax break. Not not the Braves. Well, we just own the land and we're going to lease it. They want the tax breaks. This is ridiculous. Like how how much of this stuff is when, when is enough enough? <coughs> you fleece the taxpayers of Cobb County. You got this big beautiful state. And look, I don't care what anybody says. Nobody can deny it. the battery is a huge success. It's a great environment. It's a great park. It's a great area. Everything about the battery is fantastic. But you did it on the backs of a bunch of taxpayers in Cobb County. And you helped fleece them. Now here we are a few years later. And a building that you knew was always going to be in the works. Now you're coming and asking for a whole bunch more tax breaks to build a $200 million building. Am I wrong? Did the Braves not just pull in like, Six hundred million dollars from the battery. Why do the Braves keep? Well, I, I know why they keep going down this road because they feel like the people are suckers, right? I hope that there is a big backlash <coughs> and a big push to not allow this thing to happen. Now, when talking about this, um, one uh, it, it said, uh, "Quote: Truce has already announced the relocation." And when asked by the board, this is from the article. Truce has already announced the relocation when asked by the board about how the company will respond if the tax abatements were denied. A company official said that it was only, quote unquote, one factor that would determine the scope of the uh, office project. It's $200 million. How, how much more tax breaks do we need? How, how many more buildings are the Cobb County taxpayers supposed to build around there? And how many more lies are the Braves going to throw out in this whole deal well it's not us it's truest well it's not in the battery but our press release says it's in the battery okay makes your head spin in this whole thing but this is business and 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 this is we're seeing these you know down in miami there's a big debate going on about tax funding a new soccer stadium down there when does cities start holding these owners accountable and make them be the ones that come off the hip you want this building i don't care if it does benefit our city okay i mean we're going to provide different things and services and all that to you but why do we have to be the ones that come in and foot the bill why do taxpayers have to be the ones that come in if you're a cobb county taxpayer and you just heard by the way liberty media is a publicly traded company so you can go on their conference calls when they announce their revenues and you can hear how much money that they're making through all of this. Why are the taxpayers the ones who have to keep picking up the burden for all this? Why are they the ones that have to keep taking it on the chin to satisfy? What does the securities about Truist have anything to do with the, the regular Cobb County taxpayer? And it's 
most of the jobs that are going to be created when you read through the article are, not, are, are jobs that are already here. It's literally relocating. It, there's like a thousand jobs that are coming with this. Okay. Like 600 of those jobs are already people that are here that they'll just reload from where they are out to Cobb County. So it's not like there's going to be this big economic boom to the area when you employ four or 500 people, for God's sakes. But they want all the money to fleece everybody for it. I mean, this thing is just, it's crazy and it's ridiculous. But this is what they think they can get away with. And unfortunately, the taxpayers may end up getting stuck with all of this. All right. Uh, we appreciate you being a part of the show today. Make uh, Hitting Hard with John Chuckery your first listen every day. And we want your second listen nowadays. Listen to Atlanta ATL Day Ones with my guy Jarvis Davis and Tanitra Batiste. They speak to the heart and the city of Atlanta. Two friends talking about Hawks, Falcons, Braves, and the Georgia Bulldogs. Step into the conversation. Stay a while. ATL Day Ones is part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. Free and available on YouTube and wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget, check us out on our podcast uh, on the YouTube channel. Put in your browser, Locked On Sports Atlanta. Review us. Give us a like there. Follow me on Twitter at JMCH316. We will be back with you tomorrow. It is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery on Locked On Sports Atlanta.